Why is this picture of Joe Piscopo there, man? Why not? What the fuck is that? <laughs> I love it. I got Yo, some, I, uh, I do the... I, I work the, uh, the New York City Columbus Day Parade every year for the last, like, ten years, and Joe Piscopo is one of the hosts. Really? And, like, all that dude does anymore, I think, is just, like, a Frank Sinatra impersonation. <laughs> but that's that's like his whole thing now. He's like wow. eight, he's like eighty years old. He's like, like just like you know plastic surgery or caked with makeup, and he sings like that Frank Sinatra song about New York, and like that's his whole thing. Oh man! He just put his name in the song. It's up to me, Joe York. It's very slowly. I think he's trying to make it his own song. Like he's like like dropping in like New Jersey instead of New York a couple times. And, Different song. But uh, I'm gonna I, I, next time if I'm if I work that again, I'm gonna tell him he's got to he gets got to do his character from uh, Johnny Dangerously instead of the Frank Sinatra thing. Wow. You guys ever seen that movie? Johnny Dangerously. Well, well, it's a Michael Keaton no. movie. No, I haven't. So you, you got to check it out. It's it's really fucking funny. <laughs> but Joe Joe Piscopo is like the bad guy. He's like Michael Keaton's like arch nemesis, and it's uh it's very entertaining. Wow, uh, a lot there. I think this is a cold intro, gentlemen. I think we, I think we're already going. That's Dave. What's up, Dave? <laughs> and I'm big. <laughs> and I'm Big Will, aka Uncle Buck. This is the Heavy Hole Podcast. Who else is on the line here? Hello, uh, Justin. Heavy Hole Podcast. How you doing? It's Monday again. <laughs> yeah. Probably it's Monday. a little wild out here. We are live. Hello, Heavy Hole Podcast. Yeah. That's on? right. We'll give Tom we'll give Tom a second then he can come in and he he can edit this to make it sound like he comes in live. He's got the audio hat on. Wow, you hear that? That's capturing all the noises. That's great. I thought that was just me. No, that's great. I want a cold yeah. intro with the Joe Piscopo story. That's Buffering. awesome. That's your introduction to the to the listeners as an official part of the team. Oh geez, all right. That's great. Well, I'm I'm waiting for Tom to. Tom's working on something over there. He's engineering something. So I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to start until we, until we got him. All right, hold on. Gotcha. I'm, I'm doing a test with a Joey uh, Tony Baldone. Oh. <laughs> Can you guys hear that? Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Cool. We're good for voicemails then. Okay. Okay. All right. You know that. You know that we already did that one, right? Yeah, no, I was just using for a test. Uh, I, I know that. Hey. I, I want to know if you knew that. He's leaving the same voicemail twice? That's crazy. Well, he's cool. I want to know, <laughs> I want to know if I want to know if you knew that I knew that you knew that. Yeah. Fucking reruns. Fucking reruns. <laughs> I don't know, Tom, if you were privy to this, but but Dave did a perfect Joe Piscopo story that it's going to be a great cold intro. Well, as long as the Zoom was recording, it's going in. I'm oh, I'm Tom, by the way. I'm also recording. <laughs> He's recording Justin, my friend, recording Justin. What's going on? I'm recording Tom. Uh, you're recording Will. We have a recording Dave in studio online. Okay, that's right, because this is the Heavy Hole Podcast. I'm Big Will. Tom Tom, and Justin are in the, the Heavy Hole studio. I'm, I'm in the office here at Smith Manor. Dave, um, Dave Gladding. Long Island, New York. We did a whole episode with you, sir, if people don't know about you. But we'd like to welcome you officially to the Heavy Hole Podcast team. You're going to be riding shotgun with us tonight. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm uh, having fun. It's nice to see you guys. 
It's a yeah, pleasure, man. It's good, Fresh as hell. It's good to see you. There's a there's a cat. You got a cat going on. I do. I have many cats. How how many? Yeah. What are we talking? I have three cats. Not not like a weird amount. Just, <laughs> that's the right amount man yeah what are we talking is that a young cat that looks like a small one yeah she her name is her name is littles and she is she's kind of runty she's actually like three years old but she just oh didn't boy grow all right but, uh, all right so yeah she's i guess still kind of kidney it's kind of nice allegedly you're gonna have to bring her down to the studio once we work all this out but for night for tonight we got you on zoom um, we, after that Joe Piscopo story, I feel warmed up and ready to go. I want to know, Justin, what's going on with you, buddy? How are you? Um, well, I'll show you, uh, which is the perfect thing for an audio podcast, but check out these spackle crocs. These are happening ah. right now. These are the best things going in my life. They're spackled. They're very hard to get. That's like, uh, that's like a loose beige or a light, uh, light gray, maybe a little darker white, um, for all you uh, color newbies out there, yeah, uh, spackle, really nice, um, yeah, fresh in the first mm. season. Now they are my go-to 2022s. My feet are now spackled color. It, it, from over here, I, now I have a craving for those like those hard shell candies you get around Easter time. The eggs, you know, it just it's, it's popping. It looks like a beautiful little Easter egg you got there. That's man. right. You should- We're somewhere in between fixing uh, holes. In, in drywall and Easter eggs. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I love it, man. That's good, though. I'm recovering from a bad omen I saw on Saturday. Uh, okay. I saw a bad omen. You saw me on Saturday. Yeah, but before that, I saw a bad omen. Oh. I, had, I saw it on the beach, and I had to get out of there quickly. It was some sort of uh, decomposing thing. It was like a, a question mark being. Um, the Montauk to, monster? Some, yeah, it was like, it kind of had a similar, like, from, like, if your eyes are going bad, like, blurry, it had the profile of a Montauk monster. But mm. I, you know, I still got to do more research on it and get back to you on maybe where it came from, what kind of species it's related to. But uh, a real close call. Uh, wow. But we got out of there okay. Good. Uh, yeah, you got out, out of there with your cell phone. Yeah. Was it, um, was it holding anything? It, it it's it's it had its hand was frozen in uh, a clutch like manner. Wow! But it was not holding uh, what it once was, uh, and what it was possibly grasping for was not clear to me. All right. Well, I like the truth. So, we'll yeah. Get more at that uh, later, I suppose. How uh, how about Tom? How's your week? It's good. Yeah, it's good. Uh, most important thing that happened this week was just a few hours ago. I went to the gym with Big Steve. Get it? Getting swole, man. Feeling really okay. swole today. Wow. Just the All best. Right. In the context of this program, I'm already Big Will. Who? So who's who's oh. who's, who's this Big Steve Right, guy? right. What's big Steve on? has yet to come on the show, but uh, he's a close friend of mine, okay. a writing buddy, hmm. um, an ally to most, and uh, just a great guy overall. Stands about five inches taller than me. Yeah. And, uh, this wow. man, oh boy, for a shoot, <laughs> seven one. We're gonna say, Dude, yeah. What is with you, Tom and Justin? Alone, you guys are like tall. You guys could have been WWE. Like you guys are tall enough. You guys are in that range. So now you're hanging out with taller people. I'm gonna it's be kind of yeah. It's yeah, kind of the- blowing blowing my vibe as Big Will here on the podcast, man. I don't know if this guy's allowed, but I I like uh-huh. I liked Justin's thing more. Justin's like <laughs> ominous creature on the. It, was, it had like a. You ever well, see that movie Ernest Scared Stupid? Yeah, of course. Of great yeah, story. Yeah. Mm. That but was look, a classic. Like, mm-hmm. I, anyone who's been listening to this show long enough knows that I only bring in lame shit. 
<laughs> this is the first time I, you know I feel like this should have been happening more where Will gets to choose which who had the better weekend between yeah, us. That, that that's the new one. Yeah. <laughs> so I will, I'm undefeated well, currently. Well, wait a minute, Dave. We we, we heard your Piscopo story. Uh, how was your weekend, man? Do you have anything you want to want to report? Uh, my weekend was comparatively lame. It was uh, I, I actually had the flu, so oh, I've been playing a lot of uh, Breath of the Wild. Nice on my Nintendo Switch, and that's about it. It's a great game, though. Beautiful way yeah, to pass I mean, the time. I'm enjoying it. I've wow. heard. I've never played a Zelda. Most of them are. Uh, they're not really for playing. This <laughs> one is. Yeah, okay. This one is the best. I feel less than uh, yeah. having that. There's lots of good Zeldas. It's yeah. not fair for me to say. But Breath the of the first, Wild. The first one's still really good. I never played any of the top-down ones, so um, I'm oh. insulting from nowhere. No experience. <laughs> yeah, it's getting warm around. I'm about to take my top down. Yeah. No, I, I, I've heard wow. good things. I have, I have. Wow. Hey, we have a friend who's just covered in these tattoos. Yeah. He's, like, he's in a Z- Zelda gang. He, might, he's, he likes the game. He does. Too much. Wow. But Listen, anyway, guys, it is how, well, how guys. you feeling? Is the flu gone? Have you, is it is it over? Uh, almost. I'm still feeling a little sinusy, but for the most part, I feel pretty good. On the up and up. In my alleged experience, you know what can clear up the flu real nice on occasion? And when you're by yourself, death metal vocals. Um, a, a guy uh, who loves the game too much, as somebody just said death metal vocals um a guy that we're going to speak to whose breath is occasionally wild i'm just joking but my breath might be wild right now i need to pop a winter fresh in the esteemed wisdom words of buster rhymes uh but our guest tonight no joking around anymore tyler lauer esteemed long island death metal vocalist uh you may have seen him in the band splattered entrails torturous inception and other acts through the years we're going to catch up to speed with him talk about some of his experiences filling in for other acts uh ambitions for the future and vocal techniques. No more joking around. I hate jokes. I love the phone. This is Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast. And this is Tyler Lauer. I just broke into Will's podcast. Yeah, you're How y'all doing? Broken in my house. Put some pants on, bro. Nah. Yo, free ball. Yeah, what's going on, Tyler? How you doing, bro? What's up, dude? I'm doing great, man. How are you? All right, for the listener. All right, we, we could cut that too, man, if you, don't, if you don't want to have to do it like that, because I'm here with Tyler. Is it Tyler Lauer or is it Tyler Cheesecake? What's the what's the proper? <laughs> it's, it's Tyler Lauer. Tyler Cheesecake. I put cheesecake on my facebook when i was younger just because i didn't want people to find me which was stupid you know a teenage thing like i don't like people in school and then it just stayed and, and, then, you, and then you became never the infamous, me off the infamous tyler, yeah so tyler lauer cheesecake tyler death metal cheesecake. vocalist extraordinaire people might know you from your work in bands like splattered entrails um torturous inception uh even filling in for bands like artificial brain internal bleeding live uh all these things we're gonna get into man how are you I'm doing great, man. Just uh, just got a pump at the gym. I'm eating, uh, eating. I'm cooking up my chicken, and I'm drinking some water, getting ready to do this thing. Nice. How are we cooking the chicken? 
Air fryer, baby. I broke the oven. Air fryer. <laughs> Air fryer. I love I, it. Uh, I left the oven on for too long once overnight like a jackass, and oh, thank boy. God nothing burnt down. Instead, the oven just <laughs> shot out, but Christmas, air fryer came around, and air fryer is phenomenal. Huh. So, I okay. love that thing. I like it. I like it, man. All right, well, I, I want to get all into everything you're air frying and how you broke the, broke the oven and all that, but before we do, like we usually do on Heavy Hole <laughs> Podcast, I, I want to go all the way back to your past. Um, you're from Long Island originally, right? Yes. Yes, sir. Born and raised. Okay. I uh, grew. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. You, you, sir. Oh, uh, well, thank you. Uh, Long Island. Uh, I was born in Bethpage. For those that don't know, Long Island split into two parts: Nassau and Suffolk. I'm on the uh, never eat. Sorry, the west side. I have to. I had to do the map <laughs> in my head. Never eat soggy waffles. So I'm on the west side. Um, grew up, moved all around a lot until 1998, and I moved next door when I was in fourth grade to Michael Hara was splattered entrails, and that's where it all started. So that literally is. Mike had a basement. Uh, we became friends. We didn't go to the same school. We were in fourth grade. Uh, but he had a basement. Once we started hanging out in his basement, his dad used to play drums for other bands, and it was Mike had his drums set up. And that was it. You know, by myself, I didn't really hang out with people that listen to music up until that point because I moved so much. So believe it or not, it was my first two albums was uh, Green Day, Dookie, <laughs> Believe it or not, my mom, my my mom bought it for my dad. He didn't like it, so I sat there, and that was the first CD I ever sat and listened to with headphones. And then the Forrest Gump soundtrack. So we had some good shit on that. Doobie Brothers, Moody Blues, okay. and uh, I love that. And then it was just kind of in you know, whatever was on the radio. K Rock, welcome to K Rock. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. when I moved next door to Mike, that's when it started flowing because he, him and his dad, you know, growing up, Metallica, Pantera. Everything, corn, whatever, Slipknot at that time because we were young. So those were the big mainstream guys. Nothing nothing deep just yet. And then, uh, but once we started going right around the corner, Coconuts, Tower Records, go there, you see all like the other sections and holy shit, the CD looks crazy. Look at the dead bodies or just something that's, you know, wild. Picked it up and from there it was Cannibal Corpse, Cryptopsy, Deicide, uh, whatever we found on the internet, you know, uh, Wild, the, the, the most basic anal cunt part of my huh. mouth, but that, stuff like that we dove into, tw you know, 10, 11, 12, 13. It was just, ooh, gimme, 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 gimme more. And then from there, it just spiraled into meeting all his other friends my friend Anthony Bensavanga, my friend Paul Licht, and my friend John Crimmins. We started our very first <laughs> band at like 12 or 13. Is uh, that knocked him? Decision. Yeah, knocked him, knocked him. Gotcha. Uh, knocked him turned into explosive incision but it, it was knocked him and uh i didn't know i had to play any instruments so i played baritone horn growing up so i just like low end i wanted to play bass and one day mike just gave me the microphone he's like dude just sing some vocals i'm like i have no idea how to do that so i just started copying songs you know slipknot songs corn songs i actually didn't listen to a lot of death metal because i didn't understand it i didn't understand the composure the way it was written I couldn't follow it. They all did. So it was kind of like a fitting in thing. I remember I'd sat there with Gore Obsessed by Cannibal Corpse. I'm like, all right, mm. I'm just going to listen to this. And I listened to it on repeat, on repeat, on repeat, just to memorize it. Not that I even liked it, just to memorize it. And then that's that's it. I found like the one song that I liked. And then I just memorized it, liked it, copied that, did my best at doing the vocals. And it just, it went from there. Because I felt that, you know, you get that energy when you're with a group of friends and doing something that you all like. And uh, 
I just went hard in the paint because, you know, that's something that I do. Every show that I've played, yes. any, yes. I like running. So any race that I did, I put my whole heart into that very moment because I monotask, focus on the one thing. You know, you yeah. might look funny, yeah. but who gives a shit? If as long as you put your heart into it, you're going to get great results or people are going to notice. And uh, steamrolled from there, man. Yeah, so so a lot there, man. I want to go back to a few things you said. First of all, shout out to Mike O'Hara. Um, Hell yeah. Longtime mastermind uh, uh, behind us, uh, Splattered Entrails. Um, we had, we do, we do, we would like to talk to uh, him and and Bill and um, a lot of our our friends here on Long Island as we go through week to week, man. Um, but so shout out to them in the meantime. But we go back. You, I gotta, I gotta ask you something. You said Tower Records. What what Tower mm-hmm. Records are we talking about? Huntington, uh, Massapequa, Massapequa. Okay, because there was one right. Yeah, it was by on the, Sunrise Highway. Yeah, we had one over here by the Walt Whitman Mall. Uh, for many years, and just for the younger listeners, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna act like you don't understand what a record store is, but <laughs> but Tower Records really had some cool stuff. Like they, 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 they stocked all your Relapse Records releases and a lot of the local hardcore bands, and they had a uh, a magazine rack that just went for a, a long way, and had and they would stock like actual photocopied and and small print run zines from time to time. So it was I, it was awesome, man. Like yeah. you go there, and there's that one little section. And you'd zip right there and there's nobody around it. And that whole little section is yours. And it's just like, oh, my God. Go home with like two to three CDs that you have no idea who the bands are. But that's it. That's all you got. You got to take that leap. And then you go home. And it's like, who's the Dias, Dias, whatever. And you pop it in. <laughs> then Dias side. Holy shit. Like, wow. You know, 13 years old, rocking Dias side. And it's just, you can't forget that shit. <laughs> yeah. No, never, man. Never. And. Um, all right, and and you know you talked about, <coughs> excuse me, knocked them, uh, kind of that turns into expulsive incision, which you guys released an EP within the depths of denigration in two thousand five. You were on that on vocals. Yeah, that was me. Uh, we have a demo too from Knocked Them, which was four songs. They recorded it in Mike's basement, and I recorded it on my computer with some like garbage microphone, but it worked and it sounded awesome. And we played our very first show in 2004. I was in 10th grade. First show at uh, what it what everybody on Long Island knows now is Revolution on Am- in Amityville on Route 110. Yeah, that used to be Molly Bloom's too. Yes, and yeah. Uh, yeah, there was no there was no stage. The stage was like two <laughs> inches off the ground, and there was a giant pole in the middle of the fucking room, like the crazy donkey. But that was our very first show. And we opened up with a cover of Demo Borgia, Pur- Puritania. But wow. The sound, the sound guys uh, were way older, and they knew what the song was, so they ran into the pit and got the pit. It was like it was the best thing I could ask for. First show, I was nervous as hell, and we opened up with a cover song, like a bunch of you know tenth grade weirdos. But we nailed it, and the crowd, the people in the crowd were going nuts, and our parents were like, uh, moving to the back. <laughs> it was, it was everything you could ask for. So it was a phenomenal first show. I still have photos somewhere, but and, my and little bowl Mike- haircut. Mike O'Hara was playing drums in that band at that point, right? Yeah. Because people know him as a guitarist mainly, yeah. Yeah, Mike plays everything. Mike, uh, yeah. he plays. The, he was playing the drums at the, that time, fast as hell, double bass, blast uh-huh. beats at, you know, 12, 13 years old. So <laughs> really, I we really had all the uh, elements at a young age at our disposal, and it was crazy. Just We played with, you know, at that time, we were young as hell, and the shows that we played – Bunch of Long Island bands, Fecal Corpse. I don't know. Yes. I highly doubt they're still around. Yeah, no, I don't um, know. I don't think they're. But I remember them. Yeah, that was like the early two thousands, yeah. right? Yeah, Fecal Corpse, um, Devilation, which had John 
I still know this dude since the early 2000s. Pasilicar, Pacilar. You know who he, I, he he sings, I think, for Triple Cripple. It's been a while. Yeah, but, and, um, uh, I believe, he was in I that believe band. he was in the band Lethal Entity for a while. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. shout out to yes. John. Yeah, good guy, yeah. John's awesome, man. He yeah. was he was one of the first dudes because I didn't know what I was doing as a vocalist. I didn't I just sung with my friends. I never really knew what was going on. I was the weird one out. I did sports. I never hung out with anybody else. So it was like I just show up to practice. And uh John was a madman on stage. Uh mm-hmm. he used to just jump around, go crazy, have like fake seizures and stuff. And <laughs> I was like, that blew my mind. So that influenced me a lot on, you know, going nuts on stage. So that's he he's a big uh, influence right there. Wow! And, shout uh, out to him. I I you know I only met him I believe after he had moved out to New Jersey, but um he told me right because at one point he moved to New Jersey I believe and and he told me that he was from Long Island. Yeah, uh, shout out to him for that dripping shirt that I have. I think it's a double XL, but who, who cares? It's a dripping shirt, so it's <laughs> <laughs> dope. So, Tyler, let me ask you this though. Before we get too deep, though, fit. You mentioned that you know you you run um, fitness, working out, sports. Is that something that also was a big thing in in your childhood and and through your teenage years? Uh, definitely, definitely. Because uh, I thought I did a lot of sports up until I stuck with one. Up until basically tenth grade, everything before that, I did baseball, lacrosse, football, and so I liked football, but um, I blew my knee out in football. And then I tried wrestling, and anytime anybody got me in a leg lock, that thing would pop out, and I was like, "No, nah, I'm done." So I just said, "You know, hey, I'll just join track." I joined track with Michael Hara, and I was like, "Dude, let's just do something because I don't want to be out of shape." So we did track. Uh, I remember my first practice. The guys like coach was like, "Okay, uh, we're gonna do a mile." So I did a mile, <laughs> and I did it pretty good. And then he's like, "All right, we're gonna do six more." I'm like, "Fuck that." <laughs> but I stuck with it. I stuck with it, and I was I was amazed that I could do it. So I just put same thing. I just put my heart into it, and I wound up being really good. But I contribute that a lot to vocals because the amount of air that I could take in, and I like projection. So it kind of worked out. You know, the running and then going to do a set was like, whew, I could say a lot more words now. I can articulate better. I can breathe a lot better. So that definitely went hand in hand, and I stuck with it. Stick with it all the time. You know, every day I do something every single day. That, yeah, that's something that I was fascinated by. You told me this a long time ago that you once went to the doctor and he could tell that you were a runner because your lungs had more capacity than the average person that he, that he saw. Yeah, they took an x-ray and my lungs went way past my rib cage because I was having a lot of uh, acid reflux and back problems. And the guy's like, well, your lungs are super big. So you take in these giant breaths of air and it pushes on everything. I'm like, oh, shit. So I had to change my diet, but it was pretty cool. Anything in the human body grows once you use it a lot, you know? Wow. So, but I see that as just a plus, man. Like, let's go. I can add more now. I can do more. So I love that. So, and as somebody who's seen you perform in different bands throughout the, um, several years now, a long time, uh, you know, I, I, I can attest to that. And, I, you know, I encourage the listeners to look up some of your performances on YouTube. Um, it's, you do put your all into it. And, you can I can kind of see your evolution through time as a vocalist. Let's talk about like I I don't know maybe um try to try to get into some of your evolution as a vocalist just in terms of oh, um maybe absolutely vo- like like vocalists or particular recordings that really inspired you once you got into the nitty gritty of underground death metal or or um, even um was there any particular like moment where something like a light bulb went off in terms of technique or something like that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, um. All right, so the 
uh, explosive incision and knocked him. It was just me yelling as loud as I can. I didn't have any thing. There's no technique. There was just yell as loud as you can. And then um, the bands at the time, I never heard a high scream. So <laughs> I know it sounds weird. I never heard like that <clears throat> high scream. I did, but it was black metal, and I was just, I never attributed that to anything. I was like, oh, you're in a black metal band, you got to sing that way. But that's that, you know, underdeveloped mentality. Classic Long, and, that's um, a classic Long Island death metal mentality. I respect it. Yeah, you got <laughs> I, I like it, but you can add to that, you know. And I heard, <laughs> uh, I, I love Fear Factory. Fear Factory is one of my favorite bands. Okay. And uh, Burton C. Bell, uh, I liked I like Fear Factory because it was a fast band. So when I worked out and when I ran, it was, you know, it was fast. Something to keep moving to. And uh, his vocals were great. And then he did a high scream. I remember at the end of the song called Shock from the album Obsolete. And I had stopped. I was like, oh, wow, how do you do that? And then right after that, O'Hara had given me, uh, like, we used to pass back mix CDs. Uh, uh, we were right past the point of mixtapes, and so now we had mix CDs. So, you know, there's tons of CDs with just random songs, and it was Cryptopsy, Lord Worm. I mean, for a lot of people, I don't have to say any more than that, but I'll elaborate. Lord Worm, he would just, it was like, holy shit, this guy sounds like a rabid dog. All those screams are wild. Let me try to copy that. So I did my best. And the only thing I could do at that time was copy his energy because I didn't know techniques and stuff. So I was like, all right, let me just be rabid like this guy. Then it was Glenn Benton from Deicide. I love that. Like it was super low and loud and demanding. That is a big influence on my lows, Glenn Benton, because yeah. he just said a lot. The album Scars of the Crucifix, I think it came out in 2005 or 2006. Uh, like leather jacket motorcycle guy metal whatever like i'm on my hog listen to deicide yeah satan <laughs> so uh it was all right it was cool whatever that is i just uh, i love how loud he was so that and then george fisher cannibal corpse the way he could say words while yelling that fast i was like shit so i just kept trying to take little bits combine it and make it as good as i can because you can't be better than somebody else you can be different and <laughs> When you're different, you can be better at being different for yourself. And that just gives you a whole, that just branches the tree of possibilities. So it went from that leap forward. Uh, in 2010, I answered a Craigslist ad because I was out of the band for a while. High school was over. Explosive wasn't doing anything. Uh, I just did Splattered. I did a few songs with Splattered here and there, but it wasn't like a band. It was just my recording songs and us releasing it. So I wanted a band. And I remember I tried, I recorded vocals for the band, Long Island band, The Partisan Turbine. Uh, I know they're not still around, but uh, all those members went to Mother Brain and um, huh. yeah. I don't know what other band they went to, but, you know, it's Long Island shit. Everybody knows everybody. Yeah. Tried yeah. that, didn't work out. And then um, I answered a Craigslist ad. I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to look on Craigslist. Band looking for a death metal vocalist. Start the saga of joining Vomitus Rectum. With Devin yes. DiCarlo, Rob Dodge, Mark Posnack, rest in peace, and eventually Dustin Primo, which turned into Torturous Inception for about nine years that I was in that. That was a big progression because I didn't know those people. I didn't know they'd opened the way. Mark Posnack, phenomenal drummer, loved Rush, Neil Peart. I didn't know how to sing to that. I knew how to sing to one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, slam. The way they wrote, I was like, all right, I got to take a step back. Let me just sprinkle here and there what I could do. And the act, you know, I, whatever I'm, I know I'll do. 
whatever I don't know, I'll ask them. And that helps with progression big time. And if you listen, if anybody decides to listen to Torturous Inception from the first album to the last album that came out, I think they have a single now with the new singer, Jorge, which is phenomenal. Um, everything up into that, I know just personally listening, there is a progression in the way the vocal styles work because I was learning. And um, that helped big time evolution wise. That was the big evolution. Getting with new people, new people, seeing the way they see things and you know, working with them instead of being aggressive, like, nah, this is the way it has to be. It doesn't have to be that way, you know, be neutral about it and then add your own flair and you'll see some awesome shit come out of that, you know. Let, let me ask you this about Torturous Inception, because a lot of our listeners aren't necessarily from the New York area. What was it like joining a band from Staten Island Ooh, being located out was... of Long Island, New York? Because people might think that's an easy, that, that that's, you know, to a lot, to those who are, of, of us from the area, it's kind of a crazy um, commute, especially if you're relying on public transportation. Yeah, I did. Uh, I started construction in 2010, so I got used to taking the beloved Long Island Railroad, and I say that, I'm trying not to be negative about the Long Island Railroad, but Long Island <laughs> Railroad, if anybody's going to take it, uh, so I take that into work, and then on Wednesdays, I believe we had practice, um, well, the practice that I could make was Wednesdays and then a weekend, so after work, I would hop on the train at Penn Station, take the one, I think, to the ferry, then you take a half-hour ferry, and then you're in Staten Island. Staten Island's very different. Then Long Island, they say things great. First thing I noticed was the accent. Hey, Mo, give me a candy bar. They like, <laughs> they accented the last half of the words. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> for, what do you want? You want a Milky Way? Nah, candy bar. All right, whatever. For the but, listeners, uh, uh, they can go back and listen to our interview with Rick Habib of Gray Skies Fallen and Buckshot Face hey. and Reeking Ore. He's, he's, he's a classic Staten Island man and a prince. A prince. Yeah. Shout out to what's up, Rick? Yeah, oh, I miss him, man. Um, yeah, it was. It's interesting. It's, uh, it's way smaller island, and uh, we practice at Sand Street, which is great because every now and then Ghostface Killer would come through in the first studio, so you'd see a lot of dudes from, uh, well, him from Wu Tang and a couple other people. So it was pretty wild, and uh, it's just a different environment. It's oh, it's, okay. it's city. Plus the island just squished into one little area. Yeah, Staten Island is is special, and of course, for the just just for the listeners, if they don't realize this, that is the uh, the home borough of the Wu Tang Clan. Um, when they when they talk about Shaolin, now you you got to slow down there a second. You you say you used to go to a studio with Torturous and Ghostface Killer would come through as well. Yeah, Sand Street Studio. Um, it's right off uh, I think Highland Boulevard, and uh. It was it was one two, was two floors, and on the very first floor in the very first like few rooms it was a bunch of rap artists, and they, I just remember specifically the Ghostface Killer coming in. Um, <laughs> so it was dope, man. That's You'd, interesting. We'd, we'd practice, come out at like three in the morning, and they'd just be Escalades and shit just pimped out on that whole little block, and it was like, oh, someone's here. It was nice. sick, man. Nice. It was I like cool because everybody was cool. You know, yeah. it's a good environment. Music is. The universal language. <laughs> yeah, man. Wow. Okay. I, I love it, man. Because also, um, you know, just speaking of Rick, uh, Gray Skies Fallen <laughs> used to rehearse in um, uh, some place in Staten Island. I'd be curious if it was the same studio. I might have even asked Rick about this when he was on the show, but there was a similar, like a Wu-Tang run-in or Wu-Tang rehearsed here type of story, man. Um, <clears throat> it's cool that they that they kept it close to home. 
uh, when you know at the height of their fame. Um, oh yeah. So right across from it right now, real quick. I'm sorry. Right across from the Sanctuary yeah. Studio is the uh, Meth Lab. Red um, Meth Man purchased like right across from the studio was this little spot, and he just made it into the Meth Lab, which Beautiful. is I guess his new recording studio. Beautiful man. Um, so now, before we get too far ahead, I mentioned at the top of the show, and I wanted to cover this because this is a really it's a, it's a vocalist episode now. Um, we're talking about you evolving with technique and, and things like that and, and getting into traveling. You filled in on tour, um, for a few dates for Artificial Brain. Um, I believe that was in 2017. I believe so. The brain's super fuzzy on that, but yeah, you hit me up and I was like, oh, it was, it was phenomenal. <laughs> Two dates. Um, forgot what the first one was. Someone was, it was somewhere up, um, I think it was like way upstate. Buffalo or someplace well because it was it was a few dates in between canada and i think maybe philly or or new or or, you know down here in new york i'm a little fuzzy on it too but i was super upstate for the first one the second (laughs) one was boston uh sold out in massachusetts i forgot the name of the venue but it was huge and i i was just you know gratitude is action i gave it my all (laughs) i'm not you will you're an amazing vocalist i don't know how you do all the stuff you do and your lyrics i loved your lyrics I read your lyrics. I'm like, these are, these are, this is some man shit. This is some real lyrics. Like, I, I, that's, that's another thing. Progression of lyrics is very, I don't know where you started, but I know I started and I started in, you know, slash kill murder, blah, blah, all the way up into something that's actually, I don't feel stupid that I wrote it down and it was really heartfelt. And I read yours. I'm like, wow, this is some intense, awesome emotional music uh, lyrics. So I adopted, you know, what I could. I picked from the songs certain areas. I'm like, wow, this really actually hit home. And that's the stuff that I hit as hard as I could live. You know, A, because I love it. B, to make up for anything else that I forgot. So my bad. <laughs> but <laughs> well, um, I first of all, thank you, man. I appreciate it. And I, you know, I'm not asking you about the, about that experience just to um to shake my own hand. But I wanted to. Yeah, I just wanted to get into your recollections of that. I think that what was that? The cattle decapitation tour. Yeah, um, yeah, it was great. The first show was great. I popped up, and you always wear you, you were wearing the goggles, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Shit, mm-hmm. I got to do something." So I went. I found this uh, mouthpiece that lights up all different lights. So I popped that in, but I didn't tell anybody I was doing it. And like halfway through uh, the first song, I popped it in. I looked up at uh, uh, the drummer um, Keith, and he his face lit up like super happy. I was like, "All right." I did good. I just turned around. I was singing with the thing in my mouth. I couldn't keep it in too long. I just wound up spitting it out, but that was great. <laughs> I the, heard second about show that. Was, the second show is what I remember most. It was um, very empty in the beginning, and I just hung out with all the dudes from Cattle. It was great. Uh, there was a, a member from Anal Conk there, everybody from Red Vacation, Artificial Brain. Everybody was sweet. I uh, drank the living shit out of everybody's beer, so thank you, everybody, for not kicking my ass for that. Um, so I heard, I heard about, I heard about that too. Yeah, I, I, I apologize, but um, it was great. I remember getting on stage and um, fuck, um, guitarist from Artificial Brain, who's also on Revocation. Oh, talking about Dan. Dan, Dan looked at me. He's like, "All right, like it's time to go." I was just taking it in because it was a sold out show. I've never played or been to a sold out show and the, the curtains were open and it was just people all the way back and lining out. And I was like, wow, like, holy, this is the, the power I felt from that. And then it was just like, all right, three, two, one, let's go. 
boom, nailed it. Um, cattle killed, revocation killed. I forgot who else was there. I remember I moshed so hard, the sole of my Converse flew off. And at the end of the show, I kept walking funny. I was like, what the hell's... And I look underneath, and attached to my shoe was a, a pin of that guy, Varg Vickner's from... What? Yeah, it was it was the wildest shit. I, I loved every second of it. I still the have that pin. The, I still the Nazis got you low-key at the show? That's crazy. They they tried. <laughs> they tried. Wow. <laughs> but you can't take this down. <laughs> I just wanted to get... Because I heard you know I heard some, some funny stories, man. And, I, you know, just... Um, I, you know, I appreciate everything you said before because, you know, talking about a, a, like a vocal-centric kind of episode this would be, I wanted to get your recollection of that. And switching gears a little bit, you also filled in on vocals for Internal Bleeding in 2018 for a stretch uh, when they yes, toured with Pyrexia. And I, I, I was singing for Pyrexia on a stretch of that tour, but I don't think we actually – we didn't really cross paths, right? No, we missed. I, um, I took over for Frank Rini after they played Chicago. So I flew in. Shout out to Chris P, Chris Sam, Kyle Eddie, and um, Ryan Giordano, smelly teenager. I love you. Um, <laughs> great. Yeah, great guys. I just, we, after Mercy just played with them in Rochester. I just saw them, man. Great guys. They super humble. Um, I felt right at how I love them. Um, thank, thank you guys for allowing me to be a part of that. I think it was Bloodletting, and it was with... Um, yeah. Within Destruction, I think Angel Maker had to leave, unfortunately, um, and a bunch of other bands. But it was, a, it was, I think, 11 days or 12 days I was with them. It was phenomenal. Every show was a blast. We wound up finishing up in California. Um, it was it was a blast. This, I, I, there's so much to say about that in a short amount of time. It was just a blast, and I love those dudes. And uh, they had just come out with Corrupting Influence. If you guys didn't hear that, check that out from Eternal Bleeding. Phenomenal album. Very well written. Uh, recorded at, I believe, Full Force Studios. Yeah. Uh, Joe Sincata, shout out. And uh, those guys killed it. I loved it. And I just, this one, I love looking myself up just to just to watch performances to see what I could do better in or what was going on. And there's only, there is one video of me singing with them, and it's uh, Internal Bleeding Live 2018 in Seattle. So if anybody wants to watch, huh. give that a shot. I finish up the show. It was one song, and I finished up the show with my head between my legs. I was wasted. <laughs> sorry. But uh, it was fun. I had a great time, man. Uh, awesome. And, and Oh, um, yeah, Pyrexia was on that. Shout out to John. He was an artificial brain. He filled in for Pyrexia on guitar. Albie, Tomorrow's Victim, and yeah. uh, uh, Danny from Tomorrow's Victim, who's also in Pyrexia. So shout out to all those dudes, man. Yeah, man. A lot a lot of people in, in the kind of we're – all, we're all in the same neighborhood here on Long Island – um, Big fan. That that was a fun era with a lot of people filling in too, just to make that tour happen. I remember that man. Um, uh, so you know, quickly, just like as a vocalist, as a lyricist, what it was like. What was it like? Uh, intimidating to to take that on, internal bleeding with the legacy there. And what were your memories? Was was there a routine you had for memorizing lyrics and vocals and and um, getting into that style? Was it a little bit different than what you were accustomed to? Uh, no, actually, yours was the hardest. Believe it or not. And uh, my when I had to learn other band stuff, what I would do is I'd listen to the songs just on loop all day, on, on loop. Even if I didn't remember it, I'd just listen to it on loop. But when it came to lyrics, I'd sit with the lyrics that were printed out or in the book, and I'd rewrite them on a separate yeah. sheet of paper in, in clumps. Like, yeah. I'd be like, all right, so they play this four times. So I write that four times. And I remembered the syllables first. 
the way my mouth and body would move, and then I'd learn the words. That would help me the most. So I, that's basically what I what I do. That way, it's a little process, and uh, you don't remember everything. I didn't remember. Not you. Excuse me. I, I don't like speaking for anybody else. I didn't. I, I didn't either. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I did my best, and uh, do your best. And I just, like I said, gave it 110 percent of a show. Intimidating? No, because everybody, you feel that good energy. There's mm-hmm. nothing to be intimidated about. You want to bring everybody else with you with that energy. So every show, I was like, "Come on, God, like let's go, let's go." That's why I'm glad that the way my vocals and live presence evolved was that not to drive people away, was to bring people in. Come on, like whether or not you like the music, there's energy here don't waste it you know what yeah, i'm saying like yeah. don't waste it you feel good go with it you know like you know i like the i like to quote life happens for you it's not about you mm-hmm. so even on that stage if i was way hungover or sick or something it didn't matter in that moment i was giving out as much as energy as i can because you never know who in that room might need that and it's really nice to see even if it's just one person just one person you got to brings their spirits up let's have a good time you know Mm-hmm. That was that's the best feeling overall. At the oh, end yeah. of every set, I, I had nothing left, and it was great. I'd be talking the whole time, like "What's up, man?" You know, so <laughs> <laughs> like me. Um, well, well, let's let's talk also about about this then. You, um, something that you did do was you toured with uh, when you were when you were in Torture's Inception. You guys toured the United States with Party Cannon at one point. Hell yeah, Party Cannon, <laughs> love those boys. Yes, yeah, Party Cannon. Them. And uh, parasitic ejaculation. Yes, yeah. And um, crepitation. Yeah, let's that talk about phenomenal. that a little bit. Any recollections of that? What you know? What, did did you oh, had, had you met any of those guys? Uh, prior to that, no. Yeah. Okay. So the first show we met them was at Chicago Domination Fest. I think Miguel runs that, or if it's still around, I don't know. Um, awesome, awesome venue. Like huge, big, everything that you want. You know, I mean, you. you doesn't matter if you love music you play wherever but you get that big stage it's like oh okay let's go let's go time to bring out the big guns and uh party cannon came on it was just wild balloons everybody you know doing the hammer thing in the pit it was like this is wild this is great chris ryan from party cannon flew out just to play that one show just to fly back so that's dedication that's heart right there yeah, and actually, then we um, had. If I could just interject, we interviewed him a while back, and he told the whole story from his perspective. If the listeners are interested in that, but please continue. Yeah, everybody check that out, man. And uh, he's a great guy. He's very smart, super smart. And uh, Party Cannon was in our van, and they were the most humble right away, right away. Um, at the time in Torturous Inception, it was me, Devin DiCarlo on guitar, Tom on bass. Zach Liegi on drums and uh, Dustin Primo on other guitar. If nobody knows Dustin, check Dustin. out Torture's Inception. He plays the lead usually, and um, if you ever meet him in person, you'll never forget him. He's the guy. So he, he's, he's the guy that never has a shirt on in the band photos. No, he's got never has a shirt. Has some wild haircut and cigarette uh, usually too. He's the, <laughs> my man's like slash yeah, I love him. Love him. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he did a George Michael thing for a while. It was wild. Didn't he have some weird fucked up haircut on that party cannon tour? Yeah, he I loved it. He uh <laughs> copied he copied that chick from that band Die Antwerd, the Antwerd, Yolandi, where it was like <laughs> super cut short bangs, but like a mullet. It was it was phenomenal. And he wore like super oh, tiny God. short shorts. And it was just it was great. Party cannon came on the bus. 
And Dustin broke the ice right away. We best friends right from there. We <laughs> we 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 stopped at sites. We all took pictures together. We traveled this abandoned, what we thought was an abandoned train tunnel in the middle of like bumblefuck, pardon my mouth, Indiana or I don't know where the hell we were. But it was you know you ask the townspeople, hey, where's this? And you hear the shotgun back the way you came. It's like okay, so we went down this tunnel. It was supposed to be abandoned and a ghost tunnel. We found out you know half a mile into it that it wasn't abandoned so that was wild um who was there but all i love all this dude nah, it, it, was, it was an actual running train track so we uh we kind of booked it halfway out of it like oh shit this is bad we gotta get to the next show oh nobody God. died and um no nah, it was great um the party cannon was martin um craig robinson chris ryan uh stoney the singer and um mike the guitarist so Love all those dudes, and they actually just came back and played in the Kings at the Kingsland in Brooklyn recently, and it was great to catch up with them. I talked to Martin as much as I can. Me and him both do a lot of like lifting and stuff, so it's it's great. That's those are brothers from another mother that you never lose touch with. So uh, how, how much do you lift? Phenomenal. How much do I lift? <laughs> uh, a lot, as much as I can, okay. as much as I can. Now, younger days was go all out. Now it's just lift so I can actually walk. For the rest of the day, you know. <laughs> All right, man. But, um, I don't even. Martin's know a big, strong do. dude, man. Martin's a strong dude, so he's he's up there with the four hundred plus pound deadlifts like it's nothing. I'm like, all right, you you know what? You do those. <laughs> you can do those. I'll uh, hang out over here and just do a couple of shifts. Fair That's enough, man. Fair enough. But um, they just came out with a new album. I highly recommend it. It's phenomenal. Um, a lot of dying fetus defeated sanity vibes, mm. and the production is phenomenal. Yeah. Martin, the drummer, is just a. a a tank dude's a tank panzer tank nonstop, and everything sounds great man so i highly recommend that album i don't have the name of it in front of me like an a-hole but uh in the meantime i'll i'll, I'll look it up on my phone don't tell anybody well i wanted to switch gears also because before, I, there's one more thing um did you actually do a, a tour or some parts of a tour with dysentery because you're, you're credited with that yes. on, on metal archives oh yeah i think it was either 2016 or 17 uh Shout out to Pete, who's now in uh, the basis for Fifth Front Autopsy. Awesome band. And um, he's also in Scattered Remnants. Yeah. Everybody yeah. check that shit out, man. He, we did a Music. whole episode with him, man. Yeah, people can go back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we just sing for Dysentery. And on that, uh, I have my little cheat sheet right here. Uh, Greg Mann was on the bass. And um, Justin Spayeth, a.k.a. Ninja from Colopsia, filled in on drums. Not Eric Toronto. Hmm. But... Um, so shout out to Justin. Love Justin, man. We got right along with the, we practiced once and then that was it. And then the day of the show, it's actually on YouTube. It's a full length, full, uh, full set of dysentery and actually a full set of torture. So I did a torturous set right before I did a dysentery set. Oh, that shit. was brutal. That was very brutal. I tried to hold it in as much as I could at torturous, but you know, once you feel it, that's it. And then, uh, we dysentery just killed. So it was it was great. Uh, shout out to Justin for and Greg for going back and forth with the Arnold Schwarzenegger jokes left and right. Huh. You know the cockerings and stuff like that. Yes, how you doing? And uh, everybody was a good sport and dealt with me being an animal. So that yeah. was an awesome tour. That was Parasitic Ejaculation. And um, shout out to Brian for doing merch. And he's not in Parasitic, but his name's Brian and he does merch. He's also in another band. I forgot his name. Uh, the band's name, and I apologize. I'm okay, sorry. man. It's, it's been a <laughs> no, I, 
I actually I quit drinking, so I'm trying to catch up with my memory, <laughs> and it's just it's really hard. So I, you know, going to shows is kind of strange. People will be like, "Hey, how you doing?" I'm like, "Hi." I have to reintroduce myself, but that's a good thing, you know. Uh, humble yourself, humble yourself, and everything will be okay. Yeah, yeah, that's good advice. Um, and you, you mentioned um, the 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 torturous inceptions uh, party cannon show that happened just recently. Um, you, you got up, and didn't you do a song with torturous? There's a video of it out there. Is there really? I uh, I don't have Facebook. I try to stay away from social media just to really focus on myself, monotask, because it's just been helping tenfold. Eventually, I'd like to go back. Um, but yeah, Jorge, the new singer Jorge, and their drummer John, uh, he just he just in the middle of like song two. He's like he just announced me and said, "Hey, you want to come do a song?" He's like, "Hell yeah!" Um, I forgot all the words. But I remembered all the placements, so it still worked. And then at the very end of the set, they did a song, The Last Infected, one of my favorite ones. And uh, that one I remembered most of the, the lyrics for. And we did like a double vocal thing. It was pretty awesome. Cool, it was man. Sick. So thank you. know, Shout out to them. Torture is still going. Um, I think they're recording something new. Um, they released one single, Awari, with the new singer and the drummer on Spotify. So check that shit out. And um, now... <laughs> Excuse me. Circling back to torturous inception, I just wanted I want to go back for one second into the commute because I I remember there was one time I think I gave you a ride back from New Jersey Death Fest many years yeah, ago. Yeah, thank you for that. I remember that. Well, it, I know no problem. Yeah. I'm not bringing it up for that, but I, you you were explaining to me what you're like. How would you have gotten home that night through public transportation if I hadn't done that? Good. And, and like, what time of day of early morning are we talking about? <laughs> Oh, man, coming back, it would be Devin would drive me to uh, the Staten Island Ferry and just plot me off. And I would just, whatever time the ferry was running, once it started getting later at night, it ran like every hour instead of every half hour. So depending on what time you get back, it's still a half hour ferry. <laughs> then you got to hope that the subway trains are on time. So then you got to sit on that subway train for, you know, another 35 something minutes, go to Penn Station. And then at Penn Station, Hope that your train, you didn't miss your train or something. Wait for that train. Once you get that train, that's another 40, you know, hour train ride home. And then from there, if I didn't have a car at the time, that's another, you know, 20 minute taxi. So it was a, it was a long time, but it was Jeez. good. You know, it was good. Sometimes you reminisce about the show that you just played or the practice you just had and you can write your little notes or just chill out because it's a beautiful thing sitting on the ferry and just seeing the water and the, uh, the lights and stuff. So I, I appreciated everything. Gratitude is action. So I didn't, I tried my best not to be negative about it. I love it because it all okay. meant something and it all was working towards something. But well, that was a long commute. I appreciate I appreciate <laughs> the attitude. I'm just trying to get at how epic it was because you already you had a long day. You went to a show. You performed the end of the night. All the other guys are home on Staten Island. Now you're just waiting for the ferry for who knows, you know, it could be 10, 15, 20, half hour. And then you, you got to go to take the subway to Penn Station and then you got to wait for a train to Long Island to Suffolk County which could be 45 minutes or, I mean it's just crazy to me you must have gotten home at like 5 or 6 a.m. sometimes yeah it was it was late you got to hope that your phone's charged you got to hope that you remembered your headphones <laughs> at, at the time it was like all right well let's go let's go see if we can find a 40 or two and ride this thing out <laughs> so, whatever you make the best of this, you know make the best of what you got fair but enough, that was man. long Fair enough. I just wanted to explain some of that to the for the listeners, man, because it was always interesting to me, and it speaks to the dedication you had for the music and for the band. That's great. 
<laughs> um, I'm glad it wasn't now because I would owe you a lot more in gas money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, switching gears back to Long Island, um, as as people know, uh, it was just last year in 2021 that Splattered Entrails called it a day. Um, uh, you know, a long-running Long Island band, and you had been part of them for the last several years. It kind of solidified with a lineup of yourself, Bill, uh, Mike DeFilippi on um, uh, drums, and of course, Mike O'Hara on, on guitar. Uh, I just wanted to get some of your uh, input on rejoining the band in that era a little bit, uh, and, and what that would like. Like, like it's kind of like you went on this big journey and was were in all these different. Um, uh, bands and Torturous Inception played out, and now you're back kind of where you started in a way, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Mike started Splattered Entrails on his computer in high school. And, uh, excuse me, on like this little four track thing. And there's one album, uh, CPI, Carnivorous Parasitic Infection, where I did all the vocals on it. And I think there's a couple songs on YouTube floating around. But uh, besides that, it was just all him for years. Uh, one man, he played shows live with just the drum machine. Like he'd plug his iPod in with the drums. You got to do what you got to do. You want to play live, it doesn't matter. You know, do what you got to do. And he played a bunch of shows and fests. And then I know, I believe in like 2014 or something around that, he met up Mike DeFilippi at a show and Mike asked him to play drums. And Mike said, yeah. And then uh, he had a couple other members, this kid Ian, we went to school with. Shout out to Ian. And um, then later on, I know he got Billy. Hi, Duke, who was in um, Heisenberg uh, with Brandon Moran, who used to be in the Forrest Gump Mile High Marathon. That's where a lot of those dudes came from, Danny Trapani. And it's it's cool how everything just loops around in circles, you know? I just just saw Billy a few weeks ago at the Pyrexia show. Do you you know what his new project is called? I do not. All right. I got to get in touch with him. But but, yeah, I got to get in touch with him. But proceed, please. Um. And then I, I I hadn't seen Mike in a while, and we hung out, talked, and uh, asked if I wanted to sing, and I said, yeah, let's do it. So we started practicing. They had you know their whole songs, their, their, their set list live that they made, and then they were like, all right, let's write an album as a band. So we worked on those songs for a long time, and we came out with uh, Ossuary, mm-hmm. which came out uh, two years ago, a year ago. You go. My brain's still it's, it's during hard, COVID. I think it's, it it's hard to tell with the pandemic, but yeah, it's it's still very recent in my in my memory. Yeah, it's heavy as hell. I love that Joseph Cotter recorded it full force studios, um, and it came out phenomenal. I loved it. I loved uh, you know that they let me put my little spin on stuff. So everything up until it was cool because it was started with Mike. Went through that whole journey evolution of lyrics and vocals and live and all that stuff, and then it came back to him. I'm like, all right, let's. Let's go. And we, it just, everything worked together. It was just, you know, everything meshed together well. We played live, you know, practices were fun as hell. Shows were fun as hell. And then, uh, you know, stuff happens. And uh, not that I wasn't, I was upset that the band stopped, but I wasn't upset, you know, because if you love something, you're going to still, you know, let it go because you still put in that work and something will come to you. Or if you want it, something really bad, like I want to get back on stage, I want to record stuff gonna go do it so uh everybody's doing their own thing mike has a band called misanthrope um you can find that on Bandcamp. uh it ends with an ae so misanthrope with an ae at the very end uh he's got a couple of releases on that billy like you said he's he's got some new project but i don't think he has anything recorded and i think d Filippi's chilling i don't think he's got anything going on right now but um <laughs> all right as long as he's I chilling know, i know mike's mike's got a few we we have a few 
instrumentals for new stuff and uh, i'm in the talks with mike I, i'd love to just throw vocals on it because if it's not progression it's progression i'd love to progress just music you know i'd love to do that so that'd be cool so if that comes out i'll definitely alert you um other than that that's where i am right now you know just putting putting a lot of work in on myself and uh i'd love to get back to doing a lot of music I, i'm friends with mike ganley who's in the band necroptic engorgement and they've been around for forever shout out to will um and ryan hilero and their old drummer david and their old guitarist reggie love those dudes um so check out their stuff but my i know mike's mike's got a computer full of stuff and uh dude just just in one weekend we can pop out a bunch of stuff so the, the option's always there which i love no doubt so. man no doubt and and just getting back to vocals in general um over all these years now uh, with everything you've done do you have any like vocal warm-ups uh routines that you do like like before a show or before a recording session just anything like that to speak to listeners who are interested in the death metal vocals yeah me personally um for a long time i was an alcoholic so i drink and use some stupid excuse that it looks but opens your lungs or whatever but I would be or right before I would just, you know, yell, I would just yell, get it out, do what I got to do and just laser focus, you know, no matter what was going on in my life, that was it. It was monotask time because you know what, there's a couple other dudes around you with instruments that are ready to go. Don't you bring that energy down, you know, be neutral about whatever you got going on in your life and hit that stage running. And uh, like I said, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's not about, it's, it, it's for somebody else. If you if you can't think of doing it for yourself, do it for somebody else. And you could tap into that energy and just go straight hard. Now, definitely a lot of water, a lot of water. Um, me personally, just a lot of water. Stay hydrated. Keep those cells hydrated because my throat dries out after a while yelling. And I used to go bananas on stage, flipping out, headbanging like crazy. Uh, I played actually my first show with Splattered Entrails. That was one of the first shows I played sober in about nine years. And I was so collected during it. I loved it because I could pinpoint and pick where I wanted to shoot energy when it was time to let go. And then towards the end of the set, you know, you, you, your blood's going, you're well into it. Uh, you were there. It was at um, Mr. Beery's on Long Island. That was awesome. That was the first show back in a while. And yeah. it was cool to see people come out. A lot of kids, a lot of kids. And it was like, this. now's the time, you know, now's the time to... Play some music, man, because there was no music for a long time. So it was great. Uh, other than that, get your heart rate up, drink a lot of water, and focus in. If you're too worried about yourself, give it away for somebody else. Give all that energy. Yell for somebody else because they might need it. Huh. That's that's the best advice I can give, man. Fair enough, man. And, um, I, you know, we, we joke around, but but in reality, it's the truth. Uh, I talk about carrot juice. Some people talk about chocolate milk. Do you have any like little little quirky tips like that about death metal vocals? Something you drink or, you know, just I just water. Know. Honestly, straight up, just water. Yeah. Um, no chocolate milk. That's too thick for me. Um, carrot juice. I've never tried. I love a carrot cake. Uh, <laughs> carrot cakes is shit, man. I don't care what anybody says. Um, just just water because I don't want any sugar in my throat. I know a lot of people say like honey or something. Sugar, uh, I can go into I can go into the whole physical aspect of it. Sugar and the bueno right before that because you know it's it's minuscule granules of sugar tearing up your throat. I don't want any of that. I want my mm. throat to at least you mm. know, be nice, and 
just uh, just in its natural state. You know, okay. uh, warrior, like you're at a tribe, ready to go. Get everybody going. You don't need nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, ooh, all, right. all comes from that gut. And right. um, I recommend if you're a vocalist, do some type of cardio, man. There's no, yeah. there's no negative to that. It's all positive. You know, stronger lungs, uh, more control, and better oxygen. And then you can sing more. Then you could yell more. Then you could do this more, hold this longer. There's no negative to that. So if, if it's going to be a negative thing, stay away from it. You know, I know a lot of people smoke cigarettes and stuff right beforehand. I used to, and I would just blow my voice out. Those are the shows that I would blow my voice out because I have to compensate live for all the crap that I did prior to it. Now that I stop, I don't because I got rid of the negative stuff because the focus was still there. Now I got rid of all the stuff holding back, just little bits holding back. So now it's an even more presentable show. You know, now I'm even more proud of myself that I did something like this. Even if it's just me, that's just proud of it. I did it, you know. And once that's yours, that's yours. That's your little gift. It's a gift to yourself, basically. So not only are you giving yourself away for other people, but you got something from that, and that no one, nothing could take that from you. So that's it. That's I don't really have. If I eat before I go on stage, I probably puke. <laughs> Yeah. I just, I, you, you see me, I run around a lot as best yeah. as I can, just because yeah. I like it. I like running around. I love feeling the energy. And if I'm jumping around with a burrito in my stomach, Ooh. good luck. Uh, I did play one show with explosive incision when I was very young, where uh, one of my, fr one of our friends from high school who doesn't listen to music came to the show and he was moshing it and he stood up right in front of me and broke my nose at Amityville. Uh, no, VP South, which is not VP South anymore. Uh, Amityville Music Hall. Uh, he broke my nose and I was leaking and we went on next and I was like, mm, fuck it. And I played the show with a broken nose. So that was cool. <laughs> but wow. that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. Oh, and uh, I, you know what? Stuff like that. I love, it made me feel better. I remember I got hit with a saw blade in 2013 and the very two days afterwards, after leaving the hospital, we had a show to play with torturous inception at a gutter Christ show. Shout out to gutter Christ for putting on tons of shows and it was a benefit show. And we played the show and I was sitting in the car all medicined out. And then like we're going on stage and I had a cast and stitches. I, we played th like three or four songs. I popped a stitch. But, but in my mind, it was I got hit with a saw blade two days ago. I could have been dead. You know? Was that so, like an accident at work? Yeah, it was an accident. Where I got hit okay. with a demo saw. It was, uh, Oof. It cut, it was cut, I was cutting concrete. It was a diamond blade jumped up a freak accident. But I at that that was a big turnaround in my life because I slowed down. I was like monotask more, be careful, and uh, yeah. I, I played the show because I, I I in my heart my heart told me I didn't listen to my mind. My mind was like, oh God, worry, worry. My heart was like, yo, you lived, play the show. So I played it, you know, and I felt great afterwards. And then another time, a big pallet of concrete landed on my leg. I had a crutch, played upstate with cognitive. Shout out to Rob Wharton. Uh, I sat in a chair and sang vocals. Just because if you love something, do it, man. Yeah. Nothing, don't let it get in your way you dream, you know? Fair enough, man. That's that's the it's, attitude. It's, it's momentary. The pain is momentary. What you gain from it afterwards is everything. So. Wow. That's a lot, man. And and what you were saying before, too, man, about um, 
uh, you, you, you just got into a lot of de- depth in terms of doing it for other people and all that sort of thing. Man, I appreciate that and and um, taking your health and your cardio seriously. Man, very inspiring and um, sobering conversation. Man, something especially you know I joke around on the show about getting older and um, all that sort of thing. Man, but you know something we got to take into consideration if we want to keep playing these shows and doing these types of things. Definitely, man. Yeah, you know I want to do this till the wheels fall off, baby. So. I mean, it, it, uh, quitting drinking was one of the best things I ever did, and uh, it, that's for me, and I love it because I know that, like I said, you, just, you can only just get better for yourself. So, And I felt it. I played that show sober. I was like, this was it. This is the shit right here because now I'm not loose. I'm not all over the place. I'm controlled. It's controlled aggression, you know, and that's one of the biggest reasons why I love playing live shows. Got a lot of aggression. I know everybody does. In their own way, but I get it out on stage yelling. I get it out at the gym, so it's cathartic. And if I'm just hammered on stage, I'm just being belligerent. There's no rhyme or reason, you know, and I'd rather be positive with a straightforward message, looking you right in the face as I'm screaming, like, yeah, because uh, you feel it. You see these dudes' eyes. I like it. I'm six foot tall. We're both big, tall dudes. I'm on stage. I could see everybody, you know, yeah. uh, depending on the lights. You can see everybody. You can see those people looking. And usually people that kind of aren't looking, I'll stare right at them because you could just feel that energy, not in a creepy way, but in a, like, boom, like I'm looking at you. And then eventually everybody just warms up. And that's what I, you know, yeah, I want yeah. everybody in that room to listen. Like I said, you don't have to like the music. You don't have to know what the hell's going on. If it's good energy, go with it. Yeah. Because there's nothing. Put on a show, man. Um, uh, Wow. A, a, a lot going on there. And. Um, going back through your catalog with the things you've recorded with Torturous Inception and Splattered Entrails, what is is there one release in particular that you feel is like a, a vocal um, like high point for you, or just just something you know? Because yeah. obviously we you know we we all go back and and we just feel like maybe we we were uh, we we captured something special on a certain recording, or we really clicked somewhere. Like, is there something you would recommend going back in your catalog in terms of your vocals that you're particularly yeah. proud of? Um, torturous, torturous allowed a lot of, uh, experimentation with the way the music was composed, a lot of starts, a lot of stops. So, uh, there was an album, there's an EP called void, um, that I did a lot of, I did like, I liked a lot of, um, a morbid angel at the time. So, uh, I forgot the name of the song, but he's like, let the children come to me that low, like, I'm talking to you, voice. I did that uh, in there. I, I like the dideridoo noise. I could do the didgeridoo noise, that like thing. So yeah. I, I tried to throw that in to see where it works, and it, it came out pretty good. So Void was definitely a good experimentation with a lot. And I was very um, – I laid, I laid back on all, all the crap that I was doing at that time. I started leaning back, less cigarettes, because uh, I used to smoke a lot of cigarettes. I used to smoke – like uh so i laid back on that i wanted clearer vocals i also did a different way of recording i was used to doing like all right so do this line three times and we're gonna skip i'm gonna do this line three times and by the end of the session i did two songs and my voice was gone so i was like can i just uh, the guy that recorded us anthony upstate uh, he doesn't have a studio anymore or he might i don't know i haven't talked to him in a long time but he let me do that so it was great and i think the vocals on that came out phenomenal with just the different vocals that I do, because I do a, a ton. And uh, I really got to hone in on the ones that I like and do those. And then fast forward to the last Torturous album, 
uh, Arcane Dominion, that was uh, my lyrical... My lyrics and the patterns on that was something I was very proud of because I got that right. I know I got that right. I love listening to that. And I'm like, wow, like everything fit exactly where it was supposed to be. There was maybe one or two words or something where I would have been like, I'd right, shut up, let the music do its thing. But I did a bunch of stuff on that that I really enjoyed and they let me do it. I, the torturous, I always was like, let me do like one or two songs. Nobody listen. Like you guys go outside or something. Because I like surprises. I, want, I'd be like, I, I love that feeling of like, oh, my God. It's like listening to it for the first time. So that, and then the last Splattered Entrails album that I did was a combination of both of those. So all three of those, I love that. Uh, Void from Torturous, Arcane Dominion from Torturous, and Ossuary from Splattered Entrails. Okay, there there you have it. And um, one thing I did want to also get into, we could totally edit this out. I understand if you'd rather move, move past it, but do I have it right that back in the day, didn't you live in kind of a basement apartment that you you said was allegedly haunted? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, you know what that is. This came from me and my choices in life led me to living in an illegal um, basement of like a corporation building. <laughs> um, it wasn't even an apartment. It was a one room that had it had no bath. Excuse me. It had no shower. So I worked it out. There was a gym that I could take the bus to because I was I was just a very, you know, shitty person towards myself. But I wanted to get out of there. So I worked really hard on what I could. It was a cheap ass room. It was like 300 bucks. There was no heat. So I learned to live without heat for like three years, um, which actually helped a lot because cold helps your adrenaline glands big time. And I used to be angry, angry person, but cold calms your adrenaline glands. And um, I got the best sleep. And it made me really appreciate what I have at that time. So I lived here for three years. Um, apparently, there was like a dead beekeeper on the grounds. And I did have a uh, sleep paralysis dream. But I think that was from the steel reserves. <laughs> <laughs> so I might have done that. I might have helped towards that thing. But I had a stupid sleep paralysis dream where I saw a headless beekeeper. And it freaked me the fuck out. Huh. But no, I'm not ashamed of that. No, because it, 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 you know, it was a low point, but at the same time, I made the best of it, and I'm out of there. I'm out of there. I'm in an apartment. You know, I'm working hard on myself. So that, that, that too, I'd have to get on the train. It wasn't even far the train. It was in Massapequa. I know, for those who don't know, it was farther than the train ride that I had to go to Torturous. So anytime I went to work, I'd take Massapequa, blah, blah, blah. So it was a lot of transit for a while until I had a car. Wow. But I dug myself out of that hole, man. And all you. while trying my best with each band, you know, every practice, I just honed in. I didn't think that I lived in the basement. I didn't think that I didn't have a car. I just, in that moment, I was like, I'm here. Let's go. Let's hmm. do this. Let's make some music. Let's put some energy out there. Boom. Oshawa. So proud of that. Hell yeah. Wow, man. As you should be, man. Good for you. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, uh, in- interesting times here on Long Island. Now, uh, you know, to be respectful of your time and not drag it out, um, you know, as we wind down, we usually go to the typical heavy hole question where I ask you if you could recommend for us and the listeners one um, older album or demo or EP, whatever, and one newer one by any artist you like, metal or otherwise, just to talk recommendations for a minute. Uh, definitely. Um, I cheated. I got three. Real quick. Go That's for all right. It. Yeah, I got go it. for it, man. Go for it. I got the mainstream one, Fear Factory. I love Fear Factory. Um, Are you the, the new singer that, that Dino was making such a big deal of keeping secret? Shh, don't tell them. <laughs> nah, that'd be dope. I just, uh, the clean singing, uh, 
not that I'm against, I'm not against it at all. Uh, like anything to help be different and then you can be better at it. Um, but no, I just, I, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. <laughs> shit. I'd, I'm yeah, like, I have No, nah, it'd be dope, man. Like yeah. I, it, it, it wouldn't be a negative thing to me. People won't like it. It's okay. It'd be the best like thing Fear Factory ever did. <laughs> Oh, well, thank well, what, you, sir. So, what, what's your uh, what's your album? What's your recommendation for Fear Factory, right. though? Uh, obsolete, great Obs- album. Obsolete, um, okay. Obsolete was an awesome album. It had a lot of like, like it was very mechanical and had a lot of like demanding lyrics, like ba 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 da da. So that really like I like that. I like because you're announcing, you know, something like that live translates very well because you're announcing to the crowd, you know, you're bum bum bum. Like this is where it's going. And then their latest one was, um, I forgot the, the name of the, uh, not Genexus, I apologize. It just came out, it was really good, and this was the singer's last album. And uh, he was still just as angry and just as raw, which I hope, you know, it just gave me hope. I'm like, listen, the dude's old, they're in the 50s, and they're still doing it. So uh, if one man could do it, another man could do it as well. Uh, let me grab that for you, I apologize. What was that? Uh, the latest album was... Aggression Continuum. It's a great album, front to back. Uh, nothing nonstop. Other than that, Party Cannon. Partied in half, mm-hmm. old old album. And uh, I got their new album. Let me pull that up real quick. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, the uh, caffeine and the gym pump is wearing off, so my brain's starting <laughs> to... And it's 9 o'clock at night. I apologize. Uh, Volumes of Vomit. Phenomenal yes. album. Heavy as hell. A lot of fetus vibes. A lot of defeated sanity vibes. And a lot of party cannon vibes. Uh, phenomenally recorded. And uh, Splattered Entrails. Throwing that out there. Uh, what is that? Shameless self-promotion. So oh, yeah. Doctrine, Doctrine, Doctrine of Redemption. Uh, Michael Hara. And then Oshuary was the, the latest one. Check that shit out. Yes, it was. I'm I'm lucky enough to own it on cassette, thanks to you, man. And I have my uh, hell yeah, my um uh was a beer koozie. I think he gave me or a coffee mug too. I have, man. You could I got. All oh, I was about to say I got coffee mugs. I, I, it's like <laughs> that scene in that, that scene in Spaceballs where they got all the merch, man. That's what I feel like for splattered entrails. Yeah, why not? You know, yeah. what I'm I was thinking, hey. I had a couple good ideas. I'm not going to bring them up because I don't want anybody to steal them. But <laughs> I think tor- I think torturous inception messed up. We could have got those uh, condoms that said torturous contraception. Whoa! <laughs> let, never let them but, know where you got the drip, man. No, no, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, t- Tyler, I appreciate your time, man. It's been great talking to you and catching up, man, um, and telling some of these old school stories. Now, uh, is there anything uh, less? I mean, you kind of just promoted everything right there, and I, you know, you talked about your catalog with the, with these bands and things like that. Just any last um, plugs or promotions that I missed, uh, or um, messages to fans of your music and listeners of the podcast. Oh man, um, be true to yourself. If you guys know that something's told you back, drop those little things, man. Because only you hold yourself back from being the best you. And that'll just leak into everything that you do. If it's music, better music, better performances, more heart, better lyrics, you know, something presentable, something that you'd want to present to yourself rather than something that you look at and you're like, All right, I know I half-ass this. The way a person does anything is the way a person does everything. So if you're going to half-ass it, you're going to get half-ass results. Go all in in a healthy, heart-filled way, man. And... uh Listen to Afterbirth and wear my Boar's Head shirt. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that one, and man. Buckshot. Buckshot facelift. I'm not sure if you guys are doing anything, but Buckshot facelift. Neither am I. 
<laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm here, man. You know, those guys are busy, man. They're family guys, man. But we're all brothers. Bro- yeah. Buckshot Facelift is a big brotherhood, man. We're all brothers, man. I love those guys. We, we still we're we still that, chat. I'm in that, uh, most of most of the tortures is in that music video. So check out yeah. Buckshot in that music video. I love that. What was it? Uh, hit the pipes. <laughs> hit the deck. So, yeah, yeah. Hit the deck. Yeah, don't hang from the pipes. Video. We had a good run there, Torturous Inception and Buckshot Facelift. We played some good, some cool shows together in the late teens. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, fucking Sal, my drummer. Oh my god, we'll get him. Sally. He was a, he was a trip coming home from a show one day. Oh yeah, that you want to talk about it? No, I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> Wise choice. We'll get Sal like on. He talked the, the whole time. <laughs> it, it'll be the last episode of the podcast. I'll just get Sal on. Oh god. All right, but until then, man, I appreciate your time, Tyler. Man, you've been awesome to talk to, man. Uh, have a good night, well, brother. Thank you for having me, brother. Thing? Oh, I thought I thought it was like you saw it like walking someplace, no, not like yeah, that's dead. That's mm. definitely a werewolf. That was not in earnest. Yeah. Scared stupid. Um, I don't know if hairspray <laughs> would fix anything. Would fix that. That's that's crazy. Wow. But um, welcome back. That was our interview with Tyler Lauer as behind the scenes here. Justin unveiled this ominous creature on the. He wasn't kidding. That was that's on your new phone. That's for sure. Expl- you explain yep. to listeners how you lost your old phone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Scary stuff. <laughs> Yo, you know who did that to me? What you just did? <laughs> I, I, I shout, shout out to Anton and Chuck from Rotting Kingdom. They, those guys did that to me. If you listen to that interview, I would be like, "Do you agree?" And he would be like, "Yes, I do." Like, yo, Will, Will, stop! You're talking too much, bro. Well, here we are. We're cutting. We're cutting straight and deep. That's what That's doing. right. It's a, it, it's all good, man. Uh, but anyway, we hope you enjoyed our interview with Tyler Lauer. We're, we're cutting it up here. Dave Gladding here uh, with the team, with Justin and Tom. We're all on Zoom here. We're doing big things. Um, heavyholepodcast.com. We got the Patreon for some extra content. We're on all the social medias. But before we do all that, there's also a phone number that people can call. Right, Tom? Yeah, why don't you call 631-837-3274, leave a voicemail, and you'll be famous. Because we'll play the voicemail. <laughs> just just yep. like we're about to now, right? Because I understand somebody <laughs> somebody already jumped the gun on that. Oh, yeah. Hey, Abby Hole. This is uh, Cody calling from uh, Indianapolis. Uh, just on the road out here trying to look for a place to park the truck and shut her down. Uh, so I got a lot of time on the road and being a truck driver, and so I get to listen to a lot of, uh, a lot of good shit. A couple of albums that just keep uh, popping up for me. A couple of uh, Death Doom albums. First one, first one being uh, from a band called Seder. That's uh, S-E-I-D-R. Uh, their uh, 2011 album, Four Winter Fire. 
just a real good, just atmospheric death doom. I mean, it's slow. It's got just this real, I don't know, just foreboding atmosphere. Just you kind of just feel sad just listening to it. Uh, it's it's just all the way through, just top notch death doom album. Uh, and then the other one. Uh, gotta say, November's Doom. Uh, I'm probably gonna butch the name of the album. Uh, Homartia? Homartia? Uh, their 2017 release. Uh, it's just, it, it really mixes, you know, they've got some, just, some slower death metal songs on there, some real, just classic Doom. And then they just, they got a few that just really mix the two in just such a, perfect way, and it just really just showcases, you know, the separate genres alongside just that real good hybrid you got. Um, personally, my favorite off of uh, November Doom, November's Doom album has to be Plague Bird. It's perfect mix. You've got some real just slow riffs. You've got some wonderful drumming on it. The clean vocals, and you got those, those death metal vocals just cutting in at just the right moments. Um, yeah, I just, I gotta recommend those too. Uh, but I'm about to shut her down. Uh, shut her down. So, uh, be careful out there, guys. Keep the, uh, keep the dirty side down, and, uh, just keep doing what you do. All right, man. All right, I'll keep the dirty side down. It's catching on, man. From uh, what down. was that guy's like name? That. That's uh, Cody. 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 I don't think he left the last name, and uh, that's okay. Cody from Cody. the road. Don't don't leave a Cody. Last name. Cody from. In, I believe he said from Indianapolis on the road. Always on the road. <laughs> He's truck driver, uh, man. Road warrior. Yeah, yeah. Listening, to, listening to that doom metal, man. I hope he's able to stay awake at night with that stuff. Man, he's talking about Seder. Uh, S e i d r. Um, uh, with their 2011 album. Now, I, that's new to me. You guys know about that? No. No. I, I only know one kind of no. Seder. That, that's that's <laughs> what I was thinking of. And it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> now, November's Doom. How yeah. about that? Yeah, that's a. It's a Mary Bielik, right? Yeah, she was in that band many years ago. That's a long-running doom metal band, November's Doom. Uh, right. Dave, and you, you familiar with them at all? Yeah, I am. They're like that. That sort of like, like that Europe European kind of doom, like, like my uh, my dying bride, Anathema, that kind of stuff. I think. Yeah, you know, where it's it's very. Uh, I want. I I don't want to say like like, gothy, but it's like more uh it's not like that raw like sludgy stuff that like you get from the states it's like you know death doom for lack of better uh yeah descriptor or it's something like, like that it's like that better bittersweet oh, approach oh, yeah a little more uh orchestral at times there's usually like a keyboard or some kind of a string instrument or a, a lady singing periodically that kind of stuff a little bit of the old beauty and the beast yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, on good, good. Yes, 
We did a whole episode with Rick Habib from Gray Skies Fallen, who I think also are part of that genre, about that genre, about trying mm-hmm. to trying to talk about all that. And Tom, you got a good memory, man. Yeah, Mary Bielik, uh past guest of the show. Um, she was also yeah, she was in November's Doom for a period of time too. So you can you can hear a little bit of banter about that. Uh, but I also have noticed, um, as did Cody, that November's Doom has been around through the years, putting up new material. I think they even have an album since Hamartia in 2017. I got to go back and, l- and look again, man. Great band. Um, if you're into maybe like Evoken or like I said, Gray Skies Fallen or some of those old Catatonia or the Peaceville Records bands or something, maybe even if you even if you recently checked out our interview again, not not to name drop constantly, but uh, Rotting Kingdom, great band I like. We just had them on the show. Um, you know, there's so, some vibes there that that you might enjoy there with November's Doom, and I got to check out S E I D R Seder. Uh, so big shout to Cody, man, on the road, man. Uh, thanks for uh, checking in before you shut her down. Um, speaking of shutting her down, guys, okay, uh, Tyler now. Tyler Lauer, aka Tyler Cheesecake, on the show tonight. We we urge you to go back and check out his work in um, Torturous Inception and uh, Splattered Entrails and all the other projects and everything like that. You guys, I know, are all at least familiar with some of his work with Splattered Entrails and Torturous Inception and some of those recordings, right? Like that last uh, Ossuary by Splattered Entrails or something like that. Absolutely. I mean, the guy's vocals, he really did. It's its like I was saying in the interviews. You see it develop over time. He recommended a few in specific, so I'm not going to harp on it and drag it out, but I just want to recommend to the listeners to go back and, and um, really check out the phenomenal performance, man. So we wish him the best in the future going forward. Um, we had the, the voicemail. Uh, anything else, guys? I don't know. I mean, I think we have to split this up so we can go investigate this animal. Yeah, I, dude. I don't. I don't know. Now, now at least, hopefully, we can solve the mystery, man. Because uh, in terms of the team, we got one more. I, that was supposed to be one. I fucked that up too. Get go to the mystery machine. To go investigate that. Uh, That's it. We're getting the. Thing? Di- you bring some cats, and we'll bring a van, and we're gonna go cats, solve man. some shit. Yeah, if I see you guys trying to take my cats rolling up in a van, I might have to go to get my dad and get the shotgun. So stay stay away from Huntington Station with that mystery machine yourself. Did they ever catch that serial killer that was like dropping bodies along like the Ocean Parkway? The Lisk. No. Oh, Gilgo. Oh, no. He's my cousin, Mike. That's him. That's him. Yeah, he's yeah, been doing nice. that. He's a sick man. Yeah, so he's in the family. We won't let him get caught. Yeah. Allegedly, Good. the le- super allegedly. You guys, you guys have to. Might, you guys might have to lay low and, and bring a band to the Czech Republic or something like that. Man. Yeah, his name is Mike, but we won't let them yeah. get him. That's beyond that. Well, you're not getting Just, anything else. Yeah, his address is one. <laughs>